broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey Southwest Live, February 6, 2022. Tonight, we talk the battle to make the NCAA tournament and the growth of college hockey with former captain of American International College, Bryant Christian. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota, college graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Two locations in Arizona, six in Colorado. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. Buy M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Buy Summer Skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes. Show your game and style at summerskates.com. And buy Drury Inn & Suites, travel happy again. Book your next stay at DruryHotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. Indeed, this is College Hockey Southwest Live. It's a reaction show. It's where Sunday night... Paul and I uh, take a look at what happened over the weekend and bring on special guests and do all that good stuff. So, uh, Paul Hornstein out on beautiful Long Island, New York. How are you tonight? Um, I have lots of reactions to this weekend. If that's, <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Let's let's say this in a quick recap that okay. we had let's we had a split and three sweeps and two of the sweeps went the wrong way for our teams. Yeah. Well. Um, I, at three nothing on Friday night, I thought it was going to be a, a really bad night. I figured all these teams would kick us out and say, <laughs> "Go away, don't show up anymore." Because look what happens. Um, and then Denver, um, that was one heck of a comeback against a good team, against a really good team, and uh, they came back and 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 and, and finished up their sweep. In a, um, you know, in 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 a, in a very very different game than the Friday night game. 
Yeah, that's the understatement of the year right there. It was incredibly different. Um, hey, uh, so many things. And we could go in, we could go two hours just talking about this weekend uh, at Denver. But uh, Colorado College uh, found out just how good Western Michigan is. And they, they oh, no, no, wait, wait, no. I, thought that, I thought they were not really that good. I thought it was just. Yeah, no, they, they, they showed me they were pretty good. They uh, okay, I just, they're much much better. So maybe there was something to that the altitude and sickness that they were dealing with against Denver, or maybe it's just that the Pioneers are that good. Um, they, <laughs> boy, well, they are, you, if you want to talk about a team that's deep, I I I was trying to think this weekend, Paul, about where I had seen this before, and it came to me. I know where, two thousand five, two thousand six, University of North Dakota with Jonathan Taves, T.J. Oshie, Ryan Duncan, uh, go down the list. That's where I saw a college team this deep uh, before. And, uh, you know, you just go down the list. Uh, <laughs> they, they just – there's no way to defeat that team, I don't think, because if they're clicking on all cylinders, there's four lines that just keep coming at you. You can't match them up. I mean, <laughs> I asked Certainly David not Carl – no, I, well, I asked David Carl on Friday night. I said uh, afterwards, I said, uh, "What was the plan with uh, with Carter Savoy being bumped down?" And he said, "Yeah, I just wanted to try it, see if we could get him going a little bit." Well, got him going already. Got a hat trick. Yeah. Almost had the hat trick in the second period, and uh, they bumped him down to the third line and off of the first line, and it doesn't make any difference. They just keep scoring. Well, yeah, I mean. There was a, a brief we had a I had a brief Twitter discussion this morning. Um, somebody posted something off of a Dave Starman post, and and I said something uh, in terms of uh, our number one team uh, in terms of. Uh, the way I look at it in Minnesota State and, you know, talking about Dryden McKay and the guy comes back at me and says, well, what about Magnus Crona? And I said, listen, he's having a phenomenal bounce back year. And you saw a lot of that on Saturday night. And there is no doubt that and this is not a knock on anybody else, but I think that would be a phenomenal championship game. <laughs> Boy, yeah, you've got it right there, my friend. That would be fantastic. Um, who knows how, how it's all going to play out. There's a lot of games left, and we both know that uh, when you get to tournament time, it's one and done. Uh, so you got to be prepared. But I will give David Carl a lot of credit. I've said this from the beginning. Uh, he, he put this team together. Uh, this summer, um, he invited everybody to come in and do captain's practices. I think they started like in June or something. Um, the guys all wanted to come to Denver. They all wanted to start working out with the trainer. Um, he, he's got great alumni. When you got guys like uh, Troy Terry and Logan O'Connor and guys like that that will come in and, and work with the players um, on their own, no coaching staff, that, that's all. The only thing they did was work out uh, with the uh, the athletic trainer. Which they're uh, allowed to do. The weight trainer, yep, which they're allowed to do. But David really involved the uh, 
the alumni and I talked to the players and I said, well, what's about, what is it about your alumni? And they go, they're here all the time. <laughs> uh, I think Cole Gutman told me that they're everywhere. So that alumni stepped up and, uh, you know, Denver this, this season, I believe would have been 20 consecutive years of 20 wins every year. Uh, last year that didn't happen. And a lot of people are saying like, yeah, we're throwing that out cause it's COVID. I mean, it is what it is, but the bottom right. line of it is they got win number 20 on Saturday night. And, um, somebody asked, uh, David Carl in the press conference about, uh, if he was concerned about whether they would be moving up in the polls. And he said, the only poll I care about is the last one of the year. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's, you know, it's not, that is without a doubt. Uh, the way it should be. Okay, so that was that was the positive sweep of the weekend. I mentioned that, uh, uh, and and credit to to Chris Mayot too at down at Colorado College because he had his hands full. I mean, let's admit it here; they are severely undermanned uh, this season. He hasn't had the guys uh, that he he's hand picking to become his team um, really around and. Uh, they they fought they fought hard against Western Michigan. Western Michigan is old, maybe the oldest team in college hockey. They're big, maybe the biggest team in college hockey, and now they're gaining some experience. So um, the question with Western Michigan for me, Paul, now is they they proved to me that they're better than I saw them at Denver, but can they win the big games? Can they win in the frozen faceoff? Can they win in the NCAA tournament? That's all yet to be determined. Well, listen, you can say that about a lot of teams. Yeah, exactly, but you know, not, when, not teams when, that are ranked in the top five in the pairwise. When 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 you look at the 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 various conference standings, okay, there's a lot of teams bunched up together. Okay, um, so the conference tournaments this year will probably be more interesting. Uh, than normal. Okay. Uh, as for the pairwise, I mean, if you take a look at it, and once again, if you go from twenty-two in Connecticut all the way up to, um. 14 with Lowell. Um, it's still right there. And you probably can throw 13, 12 and 13 in there too with North Dakota and Notre Dame. Yeah, the margins are razor thin. They I are guess they are that way. Thin. Most of the time they are yeah, that way not anyway. With this. But, not, with but not, not, yeah, not like this. And that's the parody that we're going to talk about with our guest in about five minutes. Uh, we have uh, the former captain of uh, AIC, the, uh, are they the Yellow, Yellow Jackets? Is that what I remember? Yes. Oh, yeah. the Yellow Jackets. Brian Christian coming on. If that name sounds familiar, yes, it is part of the Christian dynasty. <laughs> Eddie Christian's son. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, his uncle Dave uh, and uh, his nephew, uh, nephew, cousin, one of the two, um, playing out on the island. So uh, we have, oh, really? we have lots to talk about. Yeah, we have lots, lots to talk about. Well, let's uh, just, let's let when Brian me, comes on. But let we me just put it this way, really, yeah. really fast, okay? And tie this in. Uh, kudos to his alma mater in AIC. Uh, they could have folded, 
but they are still right after they, they had their winning streak snapped. They could have folded, but they are right there still in the thick of things right now. Tied with Omaha and not that far behind Clarkson and Northeastern and Providence and Merrimack right there at 15. So uh, kudos to them for being right there. Well, I think it all started about six, seven years ago when they had a, a guy come in that uh, made a difference. But uh, it's uh, it's our great pleasure, Paul, to welcome in Brian Christian, the former captain at AIC. And um, Brian, you and I got to meet on the phone the other day uh, doing your dad's radio show. So welcome in. You got Scott and Paul with you tonight. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to it, too. Uh, Brian, I told you uh, in text and I told you, I think, on the show that uh, there's so much parody in college hockey. And, and you brought up a couple of things that are really cool. So I want to start the show off right with that. Tell me your thoughts or tell our listeners your thoughts on, on what you think should happen out east in, uh, in Atlantic hockey and, and other places. Yeah, I, I just strongly believe the college hockey game is so good right now that we have to give more programs the opportunity to, to showcase their student athletes on the national stage. And so you, you look at an ECAC and Atlantic hockey where you have so many teams, you know, if you're a commissioner, at what point do you look and say it's best for these programs if we actually split in two, you know, an East and a West, you know, two conferences of six, and that way we can have two programs move on to the national tournament. Okay, now you are opening up a lot of worms here, Brian. You are—you really, really are. I mean, I don't—I don't care. I'm—I'm I'm more than happy to get into this, but I just—I I just want to be fair and 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 say, um, okay, I'm not arguing with it because I agree with you, but there are all different kinds of ways we can go here. So, how would you like to start in terms of where? Well, I, I'm obviously biased to the Atlantic Hockey Conference, okay. obviously being all mater there. And I think what opened my eyes to that idea the most was actually last year, the COVID year, where they did play East and West. And then, you know, you had a, a very, very good AIC team that if they didn't win the conference last year, based on how they did the rankings, they wouldn't have been in the national tournament. If they well, wouldn't have won their postseason. Well, I, I agree with you to a certain to an extent on that because I really thought Army got screwed last year. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and 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 I thought that uh, both of those teams should have been in the tournament, uh, even though Army lost in the conference semifinals. Um, they were probably the hottest team in the country going into the end of the year last year, and. Uh, I am all for this. I think, obviously, anything that encourages more teams to get in the tournament, I think it also makes the regular season even that much more important because you have fewer at-large bids. Yeah. And, you know, I think think it's time, too, that, you know, the NCAA has to start taking accountability and look at expanding the tournament beyond 16. Well, if you look at this year's pairwise, you could do that really easily, as as you may or may not have heard uh, just before we brought you on. Um, it's the next five years could see a lot of that come to fruition because you're going to have Robert Morris come back. Um, people were surprised 
that Atlantic Hockey did not take in LIU, which I which obviously is a geographic fit. Um, the commissioner at the end of the season in that conference championship game talked about how there were at least three teams that had inquired about joining the conference. And that made everybody crazy. I don't know if you were aware of that or not. but no. every- Yeah, I was. And, you know, this is where you, you love the pairwise and you hate the pairwise. And this is my whole reasoning. If, you know, you're a commissioner of a conference with a lot of teams, it hurts you because now you're not able to slate as many non-conference games. So if you bring in an LIU, now everyone in your conference has to play at least a minimum another two games that are in conference. And what hurts a lot of the pairwise in Atlantic hockey is they just aren't able to do as many crossover games. So they beat each other up. And, you know, you look at AIC, the record that they have, but yet they're sitting 20th in the pairwise just because they're only able to get in so many non-conference series. Yeah, that's a really good point, Brian. Um, well, you know, by the way, had... Scott, just so you know, yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to embarrass Bryant here at all because he shouldn't be. <laughs> We're talking to a valedictorian, so somebody that's a little smarter than you and I. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I knew that. Smarter, I, I, I knew that. Sure. Yeah, I knew that. Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so, Brian, um, I was talking to to different people about the situation with Arizona State this year, and I think maybe it played out. I, I can't say this because I wasn't in the locker room, but they play an independent schedule. They were. They were on track to, to maybe get 20 wins and they don't have a conference. So once they're eliminated and basically they were with their two losses at Minnesota state, they couldn't get in through the pairwise this year. So I'm, I'm wondering as a former player, if you had been in that situation, how would you have been able to handle that? Because you really don't have anything to play for. I mean, I was telling Paul this, uh, this weekend that, Players play to win a national tournament. Coaches like to see 20 wins and like to see you play hard all the way through. But mentally, isn't it difficult when you're eliminated from your tournament opportunity uh, to continue to play at the same intensity? Yeah, you know, I never even never even thought of that. Uh, but, yeah, it would be tough. But that's where you got to give a lot of credit to ASU hockey players in the sense they're Division One athletes. And I'm willing to bet that the pride and character inside that locker room, regardless if they have a postseason or not, which you just shared with me, the, it's pretty bleak on the postseason. They're going to want to make sure that they play, you know, 100, 110% every night just from a, a pride factor. Yeah, I, I guess I agree with you on that part. But I just think sometimes mentally, maybe it jumps in. I mean, you come back from two close games at Minnesota State, you know that you're probably out of the pairwise, and you know you don't have a conference tournament. And I just don't know if, if mentally you can always be locked in. But, yeah, I agree. I, I think they, they probably gave it their all. And to take nothing away from Fairbanks, because Alaska Fairbanks is one heck of a hockey team. I watched them uh, play Denver here. Uh, gave Denver their only tie of, at home this whole season. Yeah, no, I, I I know I didn't even think of that until you mentioned it. But, yeah, I mean, practices are tougher, a little bit harder to get motivated, sure. But I'm willing to take the character inside ASU's hockey locker room. I'm willing to take character out of any college hockey team right now, like just the parity. One to 60, I'll take any of them. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I want to ask you this before Paul jumps back in again, but um, tell us how you ended up at AIC and not wearing the green and white that your dad wore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I was definitely a late bloomer. Um, I also knew very early on in my hockey career I wasn't going to be a first or second line NHL forward. And so I knew I had to figure out a different path. And I grew up just admiring college hockey so it's funny at the beginning of the show and you're talking about the the nodak the oshi taves year that that's what i grew up watching and i idolized college hockey i didn't know much about the nhl at all so my dream was truly to just play at the collegiate level and so after high school i went and played junior hockey out in uh, british columbia for the prince george spruce kings some of the best two years of my life not only as a hockey player but just as a person did a lot of maturing there and AIC had first approached me, I believe it was right after my first year. Um, and just, you know, little talks and visits and then some other schools. And then Coach Lang with West Point was uh, talking with me. But I wanted to go somewhere that I knew I could play. You know, it's, it's not fun fighting to be in the lineup and playing half the games a year or fighting just to be on the penalty kill or whatever it might be. And I just strongly believed AIC gave me that opportunity and then also, too, I had a lot of belief and faith that that program could be turned around and turned into what it is now today. So what was it like? Because you were already there when Coach Lyon got there. Uh, I think you, you were a freshman the, the year before he got there, if I'm reading my uh, numbers I, I saw, correctly. Yeah, so I spent two years under Coach Wright, my freshman and sophomore year, and then okay. Coach Lane came on after my sophomore year. So my junior year is my first year with coach Lang. Um, was it easy to tell that things were going to get turned around? Was it that much different or just the fact that uh, a change was made and kind of gave you guys fresh air, et cetera, uh, in terms of, 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 of how things were going to be approached from there on. So as a, as a program, I knew things were going definitely in the right direction. Day one, Coach Lane came in, had a meeting. I, I knew the AIC of knew what we know of it today. That was the beginning, no doubt in my mind. Individually, as a player, as Bryant, it was it that first year was tough for me, right. just in the sense, you know, it always feels like a tryout. You know, you're part of a program. You watch some of your best friends and teammates, you know, get get cut or they decide to leave. The locker room looks different, you know, different, you know, philosophies and theories. I mean, it's, it's tough. And, you know, trying to be a leader and making sure that you're steering everyone in the same direction. I mean, complete honesty, it, it was a tough year. But what made it easy is Coach Lang and the culture he was laying out and the footprint he was laying down. I tell everyone this, he doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing. If you guys knew what he was operating under as far as uh, financial resources compared to other schools, you guys would be blown away. <laughs> and, and the reason why he's so successful, I mean, he could be a, a volleyball coach, a basketball coach, a football coach, a swimming coach. It doesn't matter what he's coaching. He's going to find a way to succeed. Yeah. And if people don't know, and, and I'm, uh, when when he took over, and like I said, I, I, I kind of tried to get the timeline right. Um, uh, AIC was the, you know, in terms of the pairwise, was at the bottom. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now they're fighting for an at-large bid, and that wasn't that long ago. No. So my freshman year, I believe we had, we had four wins, four, 17 losses, and seven ties. And then my sophomore year, we had like six wins, three or four ties, and, right. and a bunch of losses. And then he comes in, and we just look at the records from there. It's right. gotten better, better every single year. Well, when, when you're actually in a game, okay, and, and, and I can only imagine what it's like to change coaches like that. Like you said, you always feel like you're in a tryout. When you guys got on the ice, did it just feel different? Oh, yeah, it was night and day. And, and, and on the flip side, too, Coach Wright doesn't get enough credit as he should get. I mean, a storied coaching career. You look at some of the coaches he's turned out under his time at AIC and how long he was there. And, again, the financial resources he was working under. I mean, he doesn't get enough credit. Right. I mean, the, the amount of character that has come out of AIC under Coach Wright's regime, it's astounding. Okay, so, so let's let's everybody know a little bit more. I mean, Arizona State is, has uh, ventured into Atlantic hockey and played some games uh, with teams there. So some of the people in the Southwest know about it. And certainly here in Colorado, uh, the, uh, the Air Force Academy being a part of Atlantic hockey – uh, they understand it, but um, Atlanta hockey's gotten a lot better, like you just said, not only at AIC, but all the way across the board. So do you think it's the parity, Bryant, that's uh, driven that success, or has there been something else that's happened uh, over the last five years or so? I think it's just the growth of hockey. I mean, I some of the teammates I've had at the high school level and junior level very easily could play Division One hockey, but you know, for whatever reason, they didn't have the opportunity or they didn't want to pursue that path. But there's just there's only so many spots. I mean, you look at all the all the junior programs out there. There is not a lot of spots once you start looking at the numbers in college hockey rosters. The numbers get dwindled down pretty fast, and so I think that just speaks to the parity. You know, players at North Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, Denver. Some of those players that pursue or you know would like to go to those schools, there's just not a roster spot for them. So now they're going to Atlantic hockey schools or, you know, smaller WCHA schools or whatever the case might be. Yeah. Good stuff. Let me, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, let's say that Paul and I just said, Brian, you're the commissioner of NCAA <laughs> hockey. How many teams would you like to see in the tournament? If you could make that change right now, how many do you think should be playing in the uh, NCAA tournament? You're putting me on the spot here now, but <laughs> well, I, mean, I do the same I, thing to your dad. <laughs> I mean, uh, logistically, adding four more teams, making it 20 is not that hard. You, you fly five teams every region. You have five and four play. Now number one finally has some type of advantage of being the number one seed, and they get to play a, a tired five or four seed. So you just have a play-in game to play that number one seed, and then you're at 20 teams right there. Okay, well, this would make it a lot – that would be made a lot easier if we could add uh, five or six teams, period, uh, or, or uh, to, to college hockey in general. So that right. would make that a lot easier. And uh, we keep hearing how we're on the edge of that. So um, – and, and, and for folks that 
that also don't understand. It is Atlantic hockey teams that have made the NCAA hockey tournament much more interesting over the last decade than it used to be. Because you guys are where the upsets come in. Yeah, I mean, and I, I forget what the stat is, but that 16-seed, one-seed game, over the last decade, I think it's almost favored the 16th seed. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty close to 5-5 five and five or maybe even 6-4 and four in favor of the 16. Right. We love that. You know, I think Air Force did it twice. RIT did it. And then AIC's done it. I mean, there's it's happened quite a few times. Yeah, and, I, and I'd and i love to see more of that, to be honest with you, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you are the that other maroon and gold team in uh, up north there that, um, you know, be too happy about having to play those games all the time, but uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. It just goes back to the point you guys are making. I mean, the, the game is so strong right now. The parity is so good. I mean, even you look down into some of those higher 20s in the pairwise right now, lower 30s, no one would be shocked if one of those teams made the tournament and ended up winning it. Yeah, good oh, yeah, point. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Paul, Paul and I, Brian, have also been talking about the, the need for more conferences, and we kind of touched on that when we started uh, our conversation tonight. But, um, you know, we look – I look out west, and I go like, okay, there's two Alaska schools back now and, and Arizona State. That's half of a conference, right? If you could add a UNLV, um, maybe uh, you sneak Augustana or you uh, get Lindenwood and you move them over – uh, so you have a six-team conference. The more the more um, conferences we can have, the better, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, for sure. And and the game is it's grown everywhere now. I mean, look at all the hockey players coming out of the West. You know, Southern California, Arizona, you know, the Pacific Northwest. I mean, they've always bred hockey players. Why isn't there a Division One hockey school in the Pacific Northwest? Makes no sense to me. Well, there's one coming down the line, trust me. In the next five to seven years, Oregon will be that next team. They are making the jump from ACHA D2 to ACHA D1 next year, and they've made no bones about it that they would want to be an NCAA uh, team very, very soon. So I think they have the resources. (laughs) I I also think they have a building, uh, so I think uh, they'll be okay. But, yeah, I think think that's definitely coming. But uh, with more conferences – um, like you say, then you have if you have six or eight team conferences instead of twelve, goodness gracious, then you can get that cross pollination you're talking about, right? Right, right. But then on the flip side too, just for conversation's sake, you can understand the frustration with like an NCHC conference or a Big Ten that says, "Our now if all the spots are filled by all these conference winners, you know, you have some very very good teams still being left out." So wow. I think. The- the root cause of the problem is you just got to expand the national tournament to get more spots. Yeah, well, I'm sure everybody would be in favor of that, right? I mean, if you, have you ever heard anybody say, no, nah, we don't want more teams in the tournament. We want less? I'd hope not. I, I, hope, I hope not either, but. Yeah, know, I, I totally I totally agree with you. I think uh, 20, 24 teams would be about right, depending on, on where it sits. But the interesting thing, Brian, was, you know, when the pandemic started two years ago, roughly, um, we were we were talking to different people and they were saying, 
gosh, this could be the death nail for college hockey because will it survive? It's a, a low revenue sport. Um, you know, it costs money to travel and play the game and equip the players. And then all of a sudden things started to explode. And, and like I think I t- said on your dad's show is that uh, there was a time where if you asked a coach, uh, you know, an ACHA coach, for example, you said, you know, is there a chance your program might be NCAA at some point? They would just, they would just hide from it. They didn't want to answer it. And now they're coming right out and saying boldly, yeah, we're, that's our goal. Feasibility studies, whatever it takes. Well, our, our goal is become NCAA. So I got to believe that's a good thing for college hockey. It's a very good thing. But I think, uh, you know, institutions and, and schools and programs are getting smarter, too, in the sense that they see the financials that college hockey can bring to their school. And what I mean by that is, I mean, you guys are out west right now. What does, what does ice time run in the Denver area, in the Phoenix area, and in, in Southern California area? Yeah, good question. I haven't uh, haven't checked into it, but it, it, it's it's crazy what these arenas are charging per hour because there's just not enough ice sheets to support the growth of hockey. Correct. And you know, it's um, there was a NCAA head put out a study here four or five years ago on on sports that produced the most revenue, and hockey was uh, rated a lot higher than I would have thought. It was third. Yeah, third. There we go. It, it was third. I mean, it, it, with any any school that had uh, Division One football and b- men's basketball was first and second. But in, in those same schools, if there was a D1 hockey team, it was third. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so, so the, I think, initial, the initial layout's a little tough, but right, it comes back. Right. It, it it's, comes down – a lot of times it comes down to money, sad to say – but I think schools now are wising up and they're seeing, you know, the return on investment. You know, you look at ASU, you look at Penn State, you look at St. Thomas. It doesn't take long. Yeah, good point. No. I, well, I, I, I think it, Arizona State's got a new plan, too, on how to make money. I think you just take in a professional team. <laughs> have uh, I, your building, let's have let's not even get building. into that because – let's, let's, let's not even get That's into that. Joke. Because, That's a joke. Uh, well, first of all, we don't even have enough information and – and once again, I'm not going to try and talk finance with a, <laughs> with, a, with a valedictorian who's got a degree in finance. So uh, I'll just let him do all the talking. Um, Brian, let me ask. Did, I want to switch it up a little bit because these are the kinds of things that I that I like to find out, uh, especially the first time I get a chance to talk to somebody. Um, you're up there in North Dakota. Uh, I'm on the east side of the river. I'm in Minnesota, but close enough. I grew up in, in Queens, and I live on Long Island. So to me, don't take this personal. It's all the same. It's just like everybody lumps in all the boroughs and thinks everything's Manhattan. <laughs> hold, so, hold on a minute. Before you finish that question, that, um, Brian, can you tell Paul where Tioga is? Because he saw that on the uh, the radio show, and uh, he's confused. He can't find his, uh, his map of North Dakota to find Tioga. <laughs> whatever you gotta make a trip up here paul as long as it's in june or july I, i'm all for it i'm not coming up in november and december that's just not happening <laughs> i'm just letting you know that i tell that to everybody okay, the guys in alaska your question finish your question now i just wanted to get that out there okay that's fine obviously the guys in alaska invite me up there in january i don't want to go there in january either so um you're you're up there in, in basically the hot, one of the hotbeds of college hockey. Um, 
and this is not nothing against AIC, but they're not BU or BC. When somebody from AIC first called you, we were like, where? How did you end up? I mean, uh, I mean, you know, I know where AIC is now and I'm aware of it now. But when I first started getting into and following college hockey, I'm like, what? What's that school? Where? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a pretty big college hockey nerd, and I always have been, so I knew of them. Um, yeah. Obviously, I, I didn't know much at all about Springfield, Mass, or geographically where they were located, or I didn't, didn't know Atlantic hockey very well. But I, I knew they existed. I knew you know, the conference they played in. I knew the struggles they were having. But as far as Springfield and the actual school and what type of school it was, I had no idea until I started getting those calls and, and made a visit. I mean, because it has to be culture shock, no? Huge culture shock. Huge <laughs> culture shock. You know, I went from <laughs> went from Moorhead, Minnesota, to Prince George, British Columbia, to Springfield, Mass. And But again, it was – I wouldn't do anything differently. Oh, no, I get it. Yeah. Listen, I – you know, uh, uh, listen, I, I, I ended up at, at, at ASU and just by accident, so I totally <laughs> – uh, understand culture yeah. shock. ASU would have been a huge culture culture shock for me too. Just about anywhere outside the Midwest. <laughs> Brian, but but Paul spent seven years just to get that four year degree. Wow. <laughs> they made me. They made me leave. I didn't want to. Uh, anyway, so I want to get off track just a little bit, but uh, you've got a tie to uh, to the Olympic Games starting up here, don't you? And and I I guess I knew uh, your relationship uh, with uh, with Aaron Ness, Aaron Ness, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. Uh, I guess I knew that relationship, but I had kind of just put it on the back burner until your dad told me that. But um, what are your thoughts on Olympic hockey? I mean, you you it's in your family. Oh, I, I, the winter games, I mean, this, just the TV's on NBC here for the next two weeks straight. <laughs> Unfortunately, the timing of everything, you got to stay off social media if you want to be surprised on scores. But, um, yeah, so Aaron's, Aaron's dad and my dad are our first cousins. So whatever, whatever that does, um, as far as our relation, Aaron and myself. It's just easier that way. Yeah. But yeah, so it's extremely proud, but not only from just a family perspective, but just Minnesota really embraces their players that go on and represent the country. So, I mean, the entire state of Minnesota is happy for Aaron. So, so if he comes home with a gold medal this year, does, does it change anything in the Christian household or the, the Christian family uh, with the gold medals that you guys already have? <laughs> it's, uh, it just, it's just another, another story to the legacy. It'll be ho-ho. It'll just be like people don't realize how small. So Aaron's from Roseau, um, which is, you know, very close to war road where my family came from and the hockey players came out as far as Olympic and gold medalists, but they don't realize how small Roseau and war road are. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, you're, you're a suburb of that whole area. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. You're a suburb of that Literally. area. Holy smokes. <laughs> I can't even imagine. So, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's just a pride thing, not even family. It's just anytime someone from Minnesota, regardless of where they're from or who they are, we all get excited. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And, and Paul's always wanted me to ask this question. I keep telling him he can't, but do you have a wooden Christian stick in your house? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I have it in my office now. Here's the crazy part to that story is I actually got it as a gift. <laughs> Because as a kid, you took it for granted. And I mean, the amount of sticks that got broken over knees or thrown in snowbanks or, you know, just handed out or purposely broke the blade or whatever it was. And now, however many years later, you're like, what was I doing? You know, Uh, friends of mine that have more Christian hockey sticks than I do. Listen, Brian, I am a, I realize that I am Don Quixote going after windmills here. Okay. (laughs) But I am a total advocate for going back to wooden sticks. Um, I bought nothing but Christian sticks as a kid playing roller hockey growing up. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I understand that the titanium or whatever the heck soda cans they make these sticks out of now are lighter <laughs> and, and bend more, but they also break 75 times more. Yeah, the game is so good, though. I don't know if I'd want to change any of it. I mean, I'm just like, saying. I yeah, listen. Yeah. I understand. I'm old, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you, yeah, yeah. He he'd wear the double runner skates too if he could. <laughs> That's the only way he'd be able to stand up. Uh, there there you go. Maybe you you maybe become a commissioner of your own league. There you the, go. The vintage <laughs> hockey league. There you go. Wooden sticks, square uh, nets, square corners. Bring it back. I love it. Yes. love it. Uh, so, Brian, I want to ask you this, too, because I had uh, been through the, the factory many times up in the world as a kid and as a young adult. And uh, one of the things that I loved was all the patterns. Do you remember everybody's patterns that used to hang on the wall up there uh, oh, for oh, custom yeah. sticks? That was awesome. Hundreds and, of them. Uh, that that was that was incredible, but um, tell everybody if you can how that how that all worked. It, it, the the family history there with the the factory, yeah, yeah how how it all got started and how they used to uh, everybody would have their own pattern and and that's how they'd make the sticks, right? Yeah, so it all got started after my grandpa and his brother, my great uncle, they won gold at the nineteen sixty games and came back and their brother-in-law kind of pretty much told them, you guys got to make the most of this opportunity. So they started making wood hockey sticks um, and it just exploded. And they, the big thing was, yeah, you were, you know, whoever you were, if you wanted a pattern, you wanted a open heel or a closed toe or open toe, whatever you wanted, they would do. And they'd put a stamp on it and you just call them up and order however many you wanted. And you knew you had your pattern and curve. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Uh, I really, uh, I really do miss that uh, that trip, and I also miss the uh, the strawberry patch. Is that still going up there? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've uh, I've been the worst Waro tourist. I so now <laughs> now when I when I go up there, it's either to take in a youth hockey game or to put a line in the water and do some ice fishing. Ah, oh, there no, you go. That's no, that's God's no, country, Paul. No, no, no. The only ice I want to see. Is in the rink or in my drink? That's it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> okay, well, so well, when you make a trip out here in January next year, we'll go on the ice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, are, are 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 we when we when you say that? I assume you mean in the rink because I am not sitting out there and drilling a hole in a lake and, and doing that. That's just not happening. 
But yeah. Brian, Brian, last year during the uh, when the pairwise was a mess and they were trying to come up with the teams and we would joke on every show about um, there, there must be a smoke-filled room somewhere. And I suggested that they get everybody together and put them right out on Lake of the Woods in a good ice house and, and let them uh, decide it right there. Yeah, the problems probably would have been solved pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I agree. Okay, so so let's uh, before we let you go, let's dig into uh, to AIC. You talked a little bit about your time there, but um, uh, Elijah Bayarga uh, played at UNLV, and uh, he's kind of been a legend down here already because he he went from UNLV to AIC, and a lot of people thought, how did he make that jump? But the the fact of the matter is, he was at UNLV to get a couple more credits to make sure that he could get into AIC. But um, th- are you familiar with Elijah? Just just with this play. So obviously he was a couple years after me before he got there, but just from watching AIC games and, and the box scores and everything, he's having a great collegiate career and a big reason why AIC is where it's at. He was big at UNLV too, and everybody knew it. They could see that he had talent beyond ACHA D1, but um, I, I've told this story before, and in April – uh, I took a little tour for a month and I went to see as many um, different levels of hockey between 16 and 24. Let's say I saw the NCAA tournament. I saw the USHL all-star game. I saw the under 18 national tournament in uh, Texas. I saw ACHA and I came away, Brian, by saying, I think the level of play between 16 and 24 year olds in this country is as close as I've ever seen it. Uh, your thoughts on that with the younger talent? Oh, so I, uh, I help out with the uh, peewee level here in Moorhead, which is 12 and 13-year-olds. And what they're able to do as far as skating and puck handling and shooting, that, that's why I said the game is very, very good right now. I don't know if there's a lot of changes that need to be made because just the skill level and the pace of play that it's played at, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Paul, you still there? Right, here's, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the answers. You know me. I just want to, just uh, the, 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 the fact is, we know that more people are playing hockey than ever before, uh, especially uh, girls hockey. Um, just, I'm just curious to know, um, since you brought it up, uh, how uh, do you, I assume you stay involved with AIC and its program? Uh, but if you're in Minnesota, how do they did they make did they ask you to go look at some kids and scout and, and, and do some of that stuff? No, the reason why they're having success, Paul, is that I'm officially out of there. They got better players in. <laughs> they got a coaching staff now that knows how to you know recruit and bring players in. The last thing they need is any of my input. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but okay. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, if there's people that have committed and, and they're playing in the, in the NA or the USHL and they come through Fargo our high school kids that, you know, are, are going to the Atlantic. I love watching them and seeing where, where the game's going. Okay. So let's, let's wrap it up on this. Uh, we talked Olympics, we talked uh, collegiate. Tell us about your junior days uh, at Prince George, Prince George, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Tell us about that because a lot of people down here don't understand junior hockey yet. Uh, I try to bring them into it uh, when I go to uh, Albuquerque and see uh, NHL games and, and USHL stuff. But a lot of people just aren't familiar 
with uh, junior hockey like we are, uh, you know, in, in the north, let's say. So uh, tell us about that. Tell us about that trip to, to play at Prince George. Yeah, so my senior year, spring of my senior year was after the, the high school season. I went up to Prince George just for a, a prospects camp. And that was my first time seeing it in person, um, you know, meeting the coaching staff, the GM, my cause there. And I knew right away I, I wanted to go there. So I ended up, they, they asked if I wanted to join there. Didn't tell them right away, but I went, went back home and just talked with my parents. And th- my parents were unbelievable with, you know, my development. And, you know, they really just said, you know, whatever you think is best, Bryant. And called Mike Haas back that, that next Monday morning and said, yep, I'll come up in August and get started. And it's for junior hockey, for people that aren't familiar with it, it's just prolonging your development after, you know, you've aged out or graduated from high school or prep hockey, prep school. It gives you, you know, two or three more years to actually play and keep your college eligibility. So, I mean, you look at some of these players now that are going to college and they weren't drafted by the NHL at 18 or 19 years old, but they go on to become a, a Hobie Baker nominee or whatever it might be, and then they sign as a free agent. And the big reason why that was even possible is because of junior hockey. Yeah, good stuff. And for people that don't know, tell them a little bit about Minnesota hockey as well, Minnesota high school hockey, because uh, I I remind people a lot, but there's there's nothing else like it. <laughs> oh, there there isn't. There there really isn't. It's similar in the sense to college hockey and junior hockey because you're representing your community. But for people that aren't familiar with Minnesota high school hockey, the state tournament is played at the XL Energy Center, which is the home of the Minnesota Wild. And one, there's a waiting list for season tickets. And then two, for the AA, which is the bigger schools, that's a completely sold-out arena for the championship game. So you're talking 18,000, 19,000 people, standing room only, to watch 16- and 17-year-old kids play hockey. And I was, for, I was fortunate enough to make it to the state tournament my junior and senior year. And my senior year, we lost in the semifinals to Hill Murray, which uh, Jake Gensel was part of that team. And we lost in overtime. And I remember at the time, it was the crowd was 19,200 or something. And it was the largest in, inside attendance for a hockey game, whether it was college, NHL, anything. It was the largest attendance ever for a hockey game inside. Yeah, and that that's crazy, and that's why uh, I'm going to end it on this for you. That that's why this thought of of putting uh, the Arizona Coyotes in a 5,000 seat arena just uh, just does not make sense to me. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for all the insight. Um, you're welcome anytime, my friend. Especially Absolutely. when we get a little closer to tournament time, we need you on. <laughs> you bet, guys. There's a uh, a lot of privilege being with you guys talking college hockey at the end of the day i just want more people to have the opportunity that i had amen commissioner christian i'm telling you right now let's uh let's get 24 teams going in the near future so we can have more teams playing and, and getting more people the opportunity all right we're in <laughs> brian thanks so much for Thank joining you. us uh have a good rest of the evening and uh, we will definitely talk to you soon likewise thanks guys thanks brian 
All right, that was Brian Christian, uh, the former captain at AIC. I thought that was really good to bring him on because he, he knows the ins and outs of uh, college hockey and certainly Atlantic hockey and certainly AIC, which has uh, um, been one of the real bright spots of uh, college hockey this year. So Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We'll come right back, and uh, we'll talk a little more college hockey for you on College Hockey Southwest Live in about two minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. As you plan your next trip, or perhaps your first trip in a while, Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive JD Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. Call 1-800-DRURY-IN or go to druryhotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded All right, still got it Still got it Who's old now? Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is college hockey. Yeah, you, you can't even figure out where you are, can you? You're all over the place, and you can't figure out where you are. Oh, see that? 
Anyway, you are listening to College Hockey Southwest Live. Uh, hopefully, Scott will get his mic back soon. Yeah, let's, so. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, I'm right? back. Okay. Yep, uh, I just uh, lost my head for a minute. Well, <laughs> just a, if it's only a minute, then you're pretty good. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, uh, you know you know the drills we always do, and uh, you had another chance to meet Brian. I met him for the first time on Saturday morning uh, via the phone, so um, – I was great to talk to somebody that's so knowledgeable, and you brought it up all valedictorian. He is a smart kid, um, kid, <laughs> smart man us. that can uh, that can really bring it. So, just your thoughts on what you took away from the conversation? Well, to be honest with you, I, I didn't expect for it to start to, I, to go in the direction it did. Um, I thought we kind of ease into that eventually, but. Uh, uh, Listen, I mean, he's he is, uh, you know, he's not that far out of the game, and he understands. Okay, um, this is a prevailing uh, uh, item with with college hockey. There are so many players, so many players that can play at the 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 NCAA D one level, and just not enough teams. And he understands that they have to do whatever they can do to create more buzz and more programs and more, um, you know, more uh, more lockers, as we like to say. And, um, you know, and he does kind of undersell himself a little bit. I don't know if I could have stayed on the bench with a broken leg for two and a half hours like he did in his last game. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness, yes. You know, and even to to go back uh, out on the ice for that last game, he went for the last 15 seconds of the game when Coach Lang put out all his seniors in their conference tournament game, the last one. But, I mean, that's just smarts and toughness. I mean, it's kind of hard to beat that combination. Yeah, good point. Um, But we didn't have a chance to uh, to get into the the ASU weekend, which I know – had you fuming for more than one night. Um, yeah, I think we're done here. There's, there's, we've said about all I think I want to say about uh, that, but that two it, games. It's so frustrating, but you and I talked uh, before the weekend, and I said, and you've said this all year, you said, hey, that Alaska team is pesky. Isn't that what you call them? Uh, that's I've been calling them that all year. Yeah, and, and I told you, I said, just be careful with those guys because if you take them a little bit lightly – they're they're gonna they're gonna come out on top and um they're here they're here to stay they're gonna be fixed here for a long time well we're gonna we're 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 gonna we're gonna we're gonna see and and you know I, somebody might people might get mad at me for saying this but we are definitely gonna see what kind of internal fortitude the team has when they play those two games in a couple of weeks up at Alaska. Yeah, they got a couple of weeks off. Then they go to Alaska. Then they come back home and they finish out the season with LIU at home, which will be the last two games at, at Oceanside Ice Arena before they move on over to the new uh, multi-purpose arena. So uh, I, I know Coach Powers wants to go out with a bang. I, I'm almost certain to, of two things. I'm certain that he wanted to make the tournament this year, and there I'm certain that he wanted to come out with at least a 20-win season. That, that's a magical number in college hockey. Uh, coaches behind the scenes will, will tell you that it's important, but you know publicly they don't want to say, "Yeah, we're happy with 20 wins." But I can tell you, right here at Denver, Paul, 
they were happy with 20 wins. Uh, the fan base, the alumni, everybody behind the scenes is going like, yeah, we got 20 wins and we got games to go. There's eight, eight left uh, in yeah. the regular season for, for Denver, Colorado right. College. So th- that's a nice milestone to get to, and you kind of mark your your territory, if you will, by that. So it's frustrating to see that ASU will not be able to achieve that that number. Um, they just only have four games left, and they're what fifteen win team right now. Yeah. And but like but I, said, I still think you have to finish strong. You have to just well, like I said, like we're going to see, and you know they're going to lose a lot of players this year's team, and. You know, I'm not the coach, so I. But I, you know, as as somebody who follows the program as closely as I do, uh, I'm now in terms of ASU focused on next year, and I want to see in these last four games, and four games that'll be completely different from each other. Um, oh, gee whiz, it couldn't if, be farther from each other, different if, from each other. Uh, you know what it's going to look like out on the ice for those guys that are coming back. Yeah, good point. So to quickly recap as well, Arizona State lost a couple of games to uh, Alaska Fairbanks. Uh, Air Force split, as uh, seems to happen almost every every weekend in in Atlantic hockey for both them and Army. Uh, they, they, they play pretty well one night. They don't play so well the next night, um, and that turns into a split. And as we mentioned earlier, Colorado College lost two to Western Michigan, which uh, is no shame at this nope. point because they are a very, very good hockey team, much better now than they were when I saw them play in Denver. So in two weeks, uh, Denver goes out there. I talked to Coach Carl last week, and uh, and he said this is a huge six-game stretch for him. It was two at home uh, this weekend with St. Cloud, two this coming weekend with Minnesota Duluth at Magnus, and then they go to Western. And uh, I, I asked a few of the players the, the, over the weekend, I said, um, you know, you control your own destiny. Are, are you able to keep it one game at a time? And they all to a man said, yep, they're going to keep it one game to it, one game at a time. No, they have to. I mean, that's how you have to you, – when you don't do that, as much as we hate hearing it, when you don't do that, you lose your focus on what's directly in front of you because you're looking ahead of what's in front of you and you, you you can trip over things you don't see. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking speaking of things that you don't see, you did not see our super 16 tonight. There's a very good reason for that. We've decided to, uh, to make a four night college hockey podcast series. So tomorrow night we will be introducing analytics and eyeballs, a, deeper inside look at NCAA hockey. And we do mean NCAA hockey. We're going to look at the pairwise. We're going to look at the uh, USCHO. We're going to look at USA Today. And then tomorrow night, Paul Hornstein is going to give us a Super 16 after Jordan McAlpine and myself have discussed everything leading up to it. Are you ready for that? No, but well, actually, yeah, I am. <laughs> you are. I don't know if you are, but uh, I, I did my job already. I, I, I know Jordan. Shared it with you. I know Jordan's ready, and uh, I am ready, and we are looking forward to that. So tune in tomorrow night, seven thirty, uh, right here on the ITHSW Podcast Network on Podbean dot com, the app. Um, listen to us live and uh, give us your input if you want to text us during the show or or give us some feedback as to what you think. 
analytics and eyeballs. It starts tomorrow. Okay. First all right, of Paul, all, wait, hold on a second. Anything more? Two, yep. two things. First of all, uh, did the boss, since I sent it to her so she can get the graphics ready, did she send it to you? Because I was not going to send no. it. No. Nope. Good, good. Okay. I did not get it. So I have no idea all right, I'm just, uh, I'm what just that kidding. is. And, and that's good because we're going to be objective tomorrow. Uh, Jordan and I are going to look at it closely. You're not going to be objective. You're never <laughs> objective. <laughs> don't, don't, he, Jordan made it home safely from Grand Forks. Uh, right. It was a, it was a, let's say it was less than chilly. It was cold in Grand Forks. Well, yeah. But he got back to Omaha, okay, and he's looking forward to uh, his debut on analytics and eyeballs. We can't wait to get it started. And everybody just, I'm not even going to post the Super 16 until after tomorrow's night show. So uh, you got to listen if you want to hear what Paul Hornstein has for uh, the top 16 teams in NCAA hockey for this week. Right, and the, the other thing I wanted to say is I just want to make sure because I don't want uh, Doug getting on my case on Twitter or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, when I make the sound effects, when, when, when you talk about uh, high school hockey in Minnesota, I, I love the passion for it. I just <laughs> am not going to encourage you. <laughs> I know that. I know that. But your I mean, let, let's put this in perspective, lunacy. Paul. Let's put it in perspective. Oh, 16 I, and 17 year old kids are playing before 19,000. No, I what I, is the I, NHL thinking trying to put no, their no, NHL see, franchise no, into not, a 5,000 seat do building? We, we don't have time for this and we don't have enough information. I know, but, nuts, but just to talk nuts, about it, it's not a good idea. It just isn't, in my listen, opinion. It's not the first time they've done it. I know. Okay? I know. It's, it's, it's nuts. But this situation is not even is not as far advanced as that one the the the, the first time they did it. So I don't really want to get into it without having all the the information. Um, you know, I I'm just I I don't want to get into this because, like I said, uh, right now I don't care without it being in front of me and without me having a chance to to look at it and say, well, okay, this is good, this is bad, this is bad, this is good. Um, and I will only look at it, and I will look at it from the ASU perspective. And, and then I don't want to knock, and I'm, I'm not saying anything against the Coyotes' perspective, but I have my priorities. Yeah, well, the only reason that I even bring it up is that uh, – you know, when you're in Colorado with an Arizona license plate and everybody knows that you're from Arizona, uh, it comes up in every conversation I have, everywhere I go. And uh, I oh, you're in I, hockey? I, I What's going that. on with the Coyotes? I get that. But like I said, can we have the information before we we, we, we form an opinion? Absolutely. And I, I will also. I, I know what the emotional opinion is. Yeah, True. And I will open up the, the lines, and the invitations are out there. They're open invitations. Anybody that wants to come on from either side, the Coyotes or uh, Arizona State, and, and tell us what's going on and what they want to do and why it should happen, um, I'm all for it. I really am. I just want to hear it and get the facts. I'd also would love to hear from somebody from the city of Tempe. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, another I, open. I, I, I think that's got to be the first place you look, right? Because uh, whatever whatever happens, if they don't approve whatever plans, and we don't know this either, 
whatever plans that, that that the Coyotes would have, we don't know what those are. We don't Nobody, know. Here's what we do know, Paul. We, we know that the, the hockey season is half over this year, and the schedule makers are going to start very soon making the schedule for next year, and they're going to want to know where all 32 teams are based well, listen, and where they're playing and how they can make the schedule. Listen, we're going to know in the next three or four weeks. By we're going to have to. The co- we're going to yes, have to. We have to. By the end of the college hockey regular season, we're going to know. But, um, you know, there's well, it's, so it's still much. It's a talking point. There's don't... no doubt about it. There's a big talking point about it everywhere you go in the world of hockey. Right. And, like I said, that's why, uh, obviously, before I even hear from anybody that has anything to do with anything that goes on the ice, I want, I, 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 you know, I want to hear from the city of Tampa. For, 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 forget the Coyotes. Forget ASU. You know, even if they're not going to tell us everything that the Coyotes and has have told them about what they would plan to do, I, I want to know what the steps are. Uh, you know, they, I guess they had a, a, a council meeting last week, and 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 pushed back the vote. Ask for more time is what I was told. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, oh, no, no, no. Hold on a minute. That's the statement you can't use. That It's not fine because the Coyotes are up against it. They don't no, have no, a when building I say, to play When in. I say fine, that's it's it's fine, but eventually you're going to have to – people are going to have to know what's going on because n- none of these situations ever have unanimous uh, approval by – No, no, so never, I, never. So there are going to be people that are pro and con, and I get that. I would like to know what information that the general public and the layman can understand so I can make the decision whether to be pro or con. Uh, Honestly, as long as it doesn't hurt ASU, I don't care. Yeah, I I would totally agree with you on that. as long as it doesn't hurt the ASU and college hockey, that's uh, the number one focus. Um, so we'll leave it at that. I will say, though, the only thing is time is of a major essence. You, you have to have something planned out, I mean, and to go forward on uh, for everyone, including your fan base. Um, so I, I think the longer this stays mum, uh, the harder it's going to be to get everybody on the same page quick enough to make it happen. Yeah, I just like I said, I just don't have inform enough information, and I'm not like I said, I'm not just going to go by headlines. Um, you know, even if there are stories out there that may say, "Well, this might has to happen and that has to," well, I need to see it, and I need to know for sure. I I, I don't want to I don't want to make a an opinion on hearsay. Good idea. Two things to throw out there quickly. Congratulations to uh, Quinnipiac coach Rand Pecknold for uh, 1,000 games, coaching yep. 1,000 games. That is a, a milestone. Lot. That is a lot. Uh, for sure. And uh, also, if you're a, a Hockey East fan, right, uh, the Beanpot starts Bean tomorrow. Beanpot is tomorrow, yeah. And a lot of – and that is uh, a tremendous, tremendous uh, – thing that goes on in the city of Boston and it gets a lot of buzz, especially there. 
Um, I don't know how long that the tournament's been going on, but it's going on forever. Uh, and it's good to have it back. I mean, last yes. year with the with the COVID not having it back, so another sign of normality, I guess you can say. And uh, it's great for college hockey. Yeah, I just I'm, I just wish I had uh, better access to it. Um, a lot of CCHA games and other games on Tuesday night uh, as makeup games as games got rescheduled. I think the only night this week there's no games Wednesday. Ah, bummer for you, isn't it? Yeah, well. <laughs> but the NHL will be back with more games, and you know what to do with from now until <laughs> until July. All right, okay take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the masts, College Hockey Southwest Live on the IceTimeHockeySW.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask. Whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Peterson Toyota. Whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue, Las Vegas style. Available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drury Inns and Suites, now an official Disney World Hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. And by M Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com to see which M Drive formula is for you. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We'll say uh, a big thank you to Bryant Christian for joining us tonight, the former captain at AIC and bringing the college hockey knowledge, toughness, and smarts to the program tonight. Thank you, Bryant, for uh, your time. Uh, Paul, great work as always. I look forward to seeing that Super 16 right after the show tomorrow, right at the end of the show tomorrow, as I should say. Yeah. Uh, the debut of Analytics and Eyeballs, myself and uh, Jordan McAlpine and uh, Paul will be bringing in the uh, Super 16 to us, so you won't want to miss it. 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, live on the Podbean app. Another college hockey podcast for you to get excited about. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and Peacemakers De Niro, and uh, stay tuned, folks. It's uh, crunch time in college hockey. Good night, everybody.